We can go now to talk about relationships uh, with an expert, one of our go-to experts on these matters. Hannah Corral's with us. She's a neuropsychologist who studied conditions of the brain and the psychology of relationships. She's also written a book on how to break up with your friends, uh, which is closely aligned with today's discussion about a spring clean of relationships. If you've got any questions around this topic, 2101, to get them into us here in the studio. Uh, we know this is a time of year when we get ready for the summer months. Um, of course, maybe people do a bit of a, a clear out or a clean of their homes. What about the people in our lives too? Hannah's here to tell us all about it. Kia ora, Hannah. Hi, Susie. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Um, is it a good time, this sort of <laughs> springtime, to take a bit of a look at some of the people in our lives and uh, assess them in the same ways we might look at our living room and think, right, <laughs> decluttering required? Yes, the dusting time. Uh, yeah, I, I think it is a great time because September is that just period of the year when you have that shock moment and go, oh my God, the year is nearly over. <laughs> what happened to 2023? And yeah. we kind of take stock take stock of all those um, news resolutions that we've lost over the course of the year. So I think it's a great time to, to refresh and get back to your goals for the year and perhaps think about whether people have been making you happy in 2023 and who are the people who haven't been perhaps making you happy and are the repeat offenders in terms of making you feel quite crummy. So how do you assess relationships then in this way? Mm, I mean, I love, that's a great question. And probably the best advice I can give generally is not to do anything in the heat of the moment, right? So, you know, assertiveness is like swinging pendulum. It's, it's, it's not Miley Cyrus swinging from left to right on a, on a wrecking ball. You don't, it's not something that we want to do um, where we have no assertiveness and we never stick up for ourselves and all of a sudden find our voice and start yelling and screaming at people and telling them where to go. That's not the, the approach we want. It's always good to have moderation and balance. So I think in these situations, um, not doing things in the heat of the moment is probably the best advice I can give. So when that friend has done that, you know, classic trope or, or classic insult that, you know, they always do when they've had a few drinks or that passive aggressive comment that always tends to come out when no one else is listening or in front of that certain person, that's probably not the time to decide that's it, right? I'm going to do a friendship breakup and I'm going to air my dirty laundry here and now for everyone to hear. It's actually something you want to think about. It's something you might want to give them some warnings about and explain why the behavior has hurt you in the past and ask them to change because you might find that you do actually get a change and the relationship is salvaged before you have to break up. Mm, so how do you have those kind of tricky conversations around putting a friend on notice? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got a good app called Assert Yourself, which sort of helps with scripting these types of things. But, you know, for the, the general rule of thumb is it's really helpful to use I statements. And what that means is I, as in myself, Hannah, I feel this way when you do this behavior. So when you do X, I feel Y. And that helps to clarify to a person, when you do this particular thing, this very specific thing, it makes me feel uncomfortable can you please not do that again? So for example, Susie, you might say, Hannah, when you make me the butt of the jokes when we're out, I feel uncomfortable. Can you please not make me the butt of the jokes again? Um, and that's a good example of an I statement. And it's very, very clear to the person who's listening exactly what the behavior was and how it makes you feel and not to do it again. So mm. you set a boundary. 
um, so they know, here's the line, please don't cross it. But of course, Susie, you know, there's two parts to boundaries, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure you know what I'm getting at. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. I mean, this is the thing that how do people hear those sorts of statements? Yeah, well, look, I think, you know, one of the things that make us the most scared of setting a boundary is feeling like we're going to detonate a confrontation bomb and it's going to be really scary and it's going to be a big confrontation and awkward and icky and yucky. But you're in control of your voice. You're in control of your tone. You're in control of your words. You don't have to scream or yell or swear to be able to set a boundary. You can say things calmly and kindly like an adult to another adult. When you do X, it makes me feel Y. Please don't do that again. That doesn't involve screaming or yelling. It's just making it really clear for them so that they know, whoops, I put my foot in it there and I don't want to do that again because I love you and I care about you. So I'm not going to do that again. What's the way to handle someone, though, if they get defensive around that kind of thing? Well, I mean, I love that question, Susie, because I feel like that, you know, what is that telling us? If we say a reasonable expectation, if somebody said to you, hey, you know, when you did this thing, it actually made me uncomfortable. Can you please not do it again? As a reasonable adult, you probably go, oh, my goodness, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you. Like, that was not my intention. Thanks for letting me know. Now I won't do that again. But if somebody reacts the opposite way, which is to get defensive, to perhaps engage in a bit of gaslighting or manipulation, a bit of DAVO, which is a great acronym. What, is that, what does that stand it's, for? Oh, it's the best. It stands for deny, accuse and reverse the role of victim and offender. So DAVO, deny, I didn't do that, accuse, you made me feel embarrassed and upset and reverse the role of victim and offender. So suddenly they're the ones who are the victim and you're the one who's in trouble and you mm. find that you're the one who's apologizing. So those are signs of a, a toxic trait. And that's when we might go, okay, I've set the boundary. The second part of setting a boundary is upholding my own boundary. So if that person is showing toxic behavior, then that might be your red flag that it is, in fact, time to break up with a friend. Mm, yeah, here's a question, actually, that's come in on text on 2101 to us here at Afternoons. This one says, I broke up for a year from a friend because she was also a friend of my older sister, uh, my friend mm. first, though. And she was doing a lot of things with her and other shared friends and not including me. I found this very hurtful. I'm now back friends with her. She lives near me. Um, but she almost always talks about my sister. Uh, what she doesn't know is my sister has a not very nice side and sometimes says unkind things about her. Mm. So this person then says she kind of feels like um, stuck in the middle, uh, mm. you know, doesn't want to be drained of energy by... Uh, her sister, who she is a bit um, detached from. But mm. she says, I sometimes feel like telling them both the truth about what they say. But I <laughs> oh don't. Any help? Welcome here, she ends wow. up. Wow. Wow, well, that is a really good question. A bit fraught with difficulties, isn't it? Um, mm. You know, anytime you feel that awkward red flag of, I feel a bit worse, I feel worse after the interaction than before I entered it. That's a great signpost that something's not quite right, you know, and it's making you uncomfortable. And I think it's better to, to, to isolate the behavior rather than try to assign blame or um, generalize people's personality traits. You know, you're a gossip, you always do this, you always do that. It's actually so much easier to identify the behavior itself and tackle one thing at a time instead of trying to 
you know, eat the whole elephant, just have one bite at a time. So what I mean by that is instead of trying to tackle this, this habit they've gotten into of perhaps gossiping behind each other's backs, just being able to say, hey, look, you know, I don't want to talk about that right now. Let's change the subject. Or I'm uncomfortable talking about my sister with you. Let's change the subject. Or mm. even I don't like talking about negative things about the other person. Can we change the subject? So those are great ways of tackling the behavior specifically. Again, mm. you're setting a boundary and the next job is to uphold that boundary if the other person can't respect the boundary. Mm. Good advice. Here's another one mm. that's come in. This is an interesting one. Um, using I statements. This person is asking about how you do that with bullies because they love to hear that they're upsetting you. So how do you effectively <laughs> stand up to that? Mm, well, I mean, that's a great, you know, it kind of reminds me of toxic workplaces a little bit, you know, with people who in a workplace may be more likely to be an overt or covert bully. Um, so I wonder if this person is, is, is referring to workplaces. But, you know, that's, that's a great point. It can be a little bit um, scary to, to, to be vulnerable and to say, you're making me feel something because in our society we're not great with feelings and we're not great with emotions but actually by being vulnerable you're saying something is inappropriate you're saying it's I'm uncomfortable and it's very hard to argue with someone about their feelings because I can't tell you Susie what you're feeling only you can tell me what you're feeling so therefore I'm taking away your ability to manipulate me I'm taking away your ability uh, the person the bully's ability to manipulate and twist things and detract from the point and what you're doing is you're saying categorically, this specific behavior makes me feel uncomfortable and I would like that specific behavior to stop. And that way the bully, there's no, there's no arguments there, is there? There's no opportunity for discussion or negotiation. It's very clear what the behavior is and how it makes you feel. So by being vulnerable, you're actually empowering yourself to mm. set really clear boundaries. Interesting stuff. Now, another thing, it's, this is another question that's um, come in and touches on an area that um, is, is perhaps a little bit trickier to deal with. Um, because what if some of the people that we're talking about here are people that you can't really get rid of? Relatives, oh my gosh. your family. The question. Uh, what about if you're married to someone uh, oh and God. you feel that some of their behavior is um, shutting you out, for example, you can't, mm. you know, you can't always remove yourself in those situations. Absolutely. And these are such beautiful, fantastic questions that I think it's, they're excellent indicators that, you know, this is a topic worth discussing and exploring more. Mm. They're complex questions that probably deserve a full hour for that person to discuss <laughs> yeah. with an expert. And you know what, guys, if you're asking those questions, that's a pretty good indicator that maybe talking to a psychologist would really, really help. And you get a full hour, you and the psychologist to go through what is the behavior, why is it upsetting me, and how do I communicate my boundaries in a way that I feel comfortable with and do a little practice with them so that you actually feel ready and prepared, particularly for people we love who might be hard to talk to, especially when we're giving them feedback that they might not want to hear. So my best advice would be if this has bring up, brought up anything for you, then great option is to go to your GP, have a chat with getting a referral to a psychologist to discuss some assertiveness strategies and how you can tackle your specific situation in a way that works for you. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Hannah Coral there, neuropsychologist. Great to talk to you on Afternoons. How to Break Up With Your Friends uh, is the book that Hannah has written.